Good morning, Hippionians. This is Hippie Mama. It is Monday, and today we're going to begin our Bible study lesson from a book that was, it was a study guide written by Charles Stanley. It's called uh, 30 Life Principles, A Study for Growing in Knowledge and Understanding of God. And I thought how befitting it was to start with the very first principle, not just because it's the first principle, but because his first principle is about intimacy with God. And as you guys know, um, from my special announcement last week, uh, the book that I wrote was about intimate intimacy with God or having intimate moments with God. So I was really excited to read that this was his first principle. I would have started with whatever the first principle was, but seeing it was intimacy with God, I'm like, oh, this is even better. So what I'm going to do is read uh, two little short paragraphs, and then we're going to go into some questions, and I will give you some Bible uh, verses or scriptures that you can refer to, Um, but we're going to break down and answer these questions that he has listed. Um, And I really love this book, and I'll make sure I put it in the description box for you because it's really nice. It's um, it's like a workbook. Uh, so, you know, he gives you the opening scripture, then he gives you a paragraph to kind of think about the lesson that we're getting ready to go into, and then he gives you questions to answer regarding those um, that information. So let's just get started. Life's questions. At the beginning of any journey, you must set out in the right direction to reach your destination. That's why this study of life principle starts with God's wonderful purpose for bringing you into the world. To find the life that's worth living, you must understand that you're a special beloved person and that God has a specific wonderful plan for you that will give you all the love, fulfillment, significance, and power that you're looking for. And that can be found in Romans 12, verse 2. Have you wondered what motivated God to design the universe or why he created you? It was love, pure and simple. Even before the beginning of the world, God loved you and wanted to have a close personal relationship with you that would bring great joy, fulfillment, and power to your life. And that is one of the things that I actually do speak about in the book is just how much he really wants to have a relationship with us. I mean, I know it sounds silly uh, thinking about, well, how can somebody that I can't even see or somebody that's living in me or residing in me, the spirit, how can he want to have a relationship with me? He knows everything that I'm thinking anyway before I say it. And yes, all that is very true, but God still wants us to talk to him. He still wants us to to share our day, to share our our joys, our heartaches, everything. So he desires to have a relationship with you. And this can be found in Ephesians 1 verse 4. Therefore, life principle one is our intimacy with God. His highest priority for our lives determines the impact of our lives. Okay, so what the Bible says. Now he makes references to read Genesis 1. And after you read it, the question says, what did God create before he formed the first man? This is going to be chapter 1 through 
uh, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 25. So do you know everything in the order that God created uh, the world or the universe uh, before he created man and what day man was actually created on? But we're going to go through that. So day one, he made, he separated the, the darkness from the light. So he made morning and evening light. Day two, he put the vault between the sky and the, the water that was here that was, I guess, everywhere. So he made the sky. Day three, he made the land and he made the sea. And in the sea, he also created, well, not in the sea, sorry, but on the land, he created vegetation. So you've got your trees, your plants, everything like that is 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 there on day three. Day four, this is whenever the sun, the moon, and the stars were made. Day five, he put all the sea creatures, all the coral reefs, uh, everything in the ocean. Everything was placed into the ocean. And then the birds were placed in the sky. And then on day six, God made animals and he made us. And when he made us, he said, let us make man in our, our, oh, you are our image. So why do you think God created all of these things before he made people? And, you know, obviously I don't know if my answers are right or wrong, but they're just my, my thoughts, my perceptions. And obviously, you know, when you read um, Genesis 1 through 25, chapter 1, you may come up with different um, answers. But I thought, well, the light was created so that we could see, right? Because if everything was dark, and he made us before he made light, we wouldn't know where we're going. We wouldn't see, we wouldn't know anything. So I believe that he did that first so that we would be comfortable or be at rest. And then um, the separation of the water and sky, I think that was done so that we would have a place to dwell. So we got light. Now we have a place where we can we can be um and then the sun the moon the stars to know the timing so we could you know have a way of calculating um uh, of the the months the seasons and things like that and then the sea or the animals the sea animals and the birds I felt like that was for our food and along with the vegetation, right, this is for food so that we would have something to eat. So all of that was done to prepare a place for us to be able to actually survive and thrive and live. And when he created us, this completed his vision. Why do you think it is important to God to ensure that everything was good? And I believe it was important to God to make sure everything was done was so that we could have everything to be self-sufficient, so that we would have everything. There would be nothing that we needed. He, He put everything here so that there was nothing lacking, that man would have everything that they needed. When God said, let us make in our image according to our likeness, what do you think he meant? And why would he want to create someone in his image? 
And I answered this and I said, so that we were mirrored images of him. God has a masculine and a feminine energy. Hence the reason why he made male and females. Um, And he wanted us to be in his image. So God is not an animal. He is not a sea creature. He is, um, you know, not vegetation. God is like us. He has two legs, arms, you know, features that are like ours. Because if he said, let us make man in our image, that to me says that he's like us. He's shaped like us. He's formed like, he's like us. So he made us look like him. Um, What jobs did God give mankind? He gave them the authority to rule over the sea the birds in the sky, the livestock, the wild animals, and any creature that creeps and crawls along the the grounds. He wanted us to increase in number and subdue the earth. So he wanted us to be fruitful, fruitful, sorry, fruitful. And he wanted us to, to be able to have control over um, the animals, over the the birds in the air, over the sea animal or creatures that are in the ocean. That's what he, the job that he gave us to do. And how do our responsibility relate to the fact that we bear his image? So we should be more godlike in our interactions with others, not judgmental, not racist but acceptance and tolerant of all, loving and helping as we are able to do to our fellow man. So what it means, do you wonder what God's will is for your life? He created you in his image for one reason, and that is to have a deep, intimate relationship with you. God created the world with everything that you would ever need so that you could know and love him. That means that neither ability, beauty, intelligence, money, or anything else will ever define your life as successful in God's eyes. It all comes down to how strong your relationship is with Him. So, a life examples. And it says, read Genesis 3. What do you suppose life was like in the Garden of Eden before Adam sinned? I believe it was utopia. I believe there were no worries, there was no pain, no sorrow, no death. It was absolute sheer perfection. And you could frolic without worrying about anything. I I don't even think the bugs that were there were bothersome. Um, You know, everything was just absolutely beautiful and peaceful. Why did Adam disobey God, do you think? Well, I mean, this is a very simple answer and probably not the correct one. But I said Adam was a good man. And I think more than anything, he wanted to keep Eve happy. 
and he trusted her. So he did what she asked him to do, and he believed her. And because of that, he temporarily did what all of us do, and that is we put aside God's commandments uh, to please other people. I've done it. I know I've done it many times, um, sometimes knowingly and sometimes unknowingly, but we have all done it before. So in Genesis 3.10, Adam said, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Is there anything that you hide from God? Why are you afraid or ashamed to show that area of your life to God? Well, yes, we all try to hide something from God, but it is impossible, right? Again, at the beginning of this uh, opening up to this morning, you know, I said, how is it that, you know, we can have an intimate relationship with somebody who knows everything about us anyway? Well, yes, Jesus, God, he knows everything that we're trying to hide, but why are we trying to hide it? Because it can't be hidden from him. We can hide from man, but we can't hide from God. What was the punishment for Adam's sin? And I just said it was banishment from the garden. And he would work for the rest of his life with his hands, uh, manual labor. And he would sweat from his brow from the hard work that he had to do. Did their lives become more or less effective after they disobeyed God? Personally, I would have to err on the side of less effective in that they lost certain privileges. But on the other hand, it was also more effective because they had to learn or relearn how to have an intimate relationship with God by praying, by um, you know talking to him differently because it would not be the same ever again as it was in, when it was in, when he was in the garden. Now, you know, we would have to um, have a different way of communicating with God versus where uh, Adam was able to see God and talk to God and walk amongst God. Now that would forever be changed. Um, And then John 17, 1, uh, it says to read verses 1 through 5, define eternal life. So I read John 17, 5, and I loved that scripture. It says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Jesus is telling us he was with God before the world, the universe was created. He was with God. That's why back in the scripture where it says, let us Let us make man in our image. So God was talking to Jesus. He was talking to the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Um, And then so define eternal life is to know God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ. And then Corinthians 1, chapter 15, 22 um, says... For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. How does this verse contrast a life of separation from God with a life of intimacy with God? 
So when looking at it from the separation piece, if we stay in the carnal mindset, we will never freely, fully live. And then if we look at it from the intimacy with God, is accepting Christ, his son, Jesus Christ. Those who do will live forever. You have eternal life once you um, believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for our sins. So we're getting ready to conclude with this last um, paragraph um, and three bullet points that says, we were created for intimacy with God. And the difference that your relationship with God makes in your life cannot be overstated. His highest priority for you is to be involved with Him in prayer, the study of His word and worship and praise. Do you want to live a life that is fulfilling and significant? Do you want to make a difference in the world? Then surrender yourself completely to Jesus Christ and ask Him to open your heart to His infinite love and mercy. It's only through your fellowship and communion with God that you can truly affect other people's lives in a way that lasts eternally. Your genuine intimacy with God will become evident in every area of your life, and that will positively affect the influence that you have with every person you encounter. So how will you live out these life principles for this week? Figure out uh, that you can pursue a deeper relationship with God, how you can pursue a deeper relationship with God. Then spend time in prayer asking God to draw you into intimate communion with himself and to transform your life so that you can affect the world for the sake of his kingdom. God loves you and desires your fellowship and worship. God wants you, your service for him to be effective and fruitful. And God waits for you to invite him to bless you. So I know it was kind of a lot, but I really, like I said, I love, love this study guide. It's awesome. Um, and I will put this in the description box in case anyone is interested. It is a free book. Um, really, all you have to do is just um, go to In Touch Ministries and request it Uh, but it's a really really great book all right guys well that's it for today i hope you have a blessed week i hope that you know you are just in a really tranquil mood for the rest of the week Um, do what you can Uh, don't overstress yourself life is life regardless to what may pop up unexpectedly You know, we just pray that God gives us the strength to get through it. All right, I will be back on Tuesday. Take care and be blessed, everyone. Bye.